All right, here we go. The next episode. Another episode of the musings of Dirtbag Duke. I am the aforementioned Dirtbag Duke. Trucking, transportation seems to be another hot topic, I guess, again, coming back around or or resurfacing, however you want to put it. Uh, I guess there was uh, some information on a TV show that was talked about, and I think they were kind of joking about it, but making some some realistic and real points ab- about some of the things that going on, goings on. And then also I had found a uh, article written uh, New York Times that had uh, shared some information on this too, and they were specifically talking about uh, contracts and training and things like that for drivers that are needing to get their CDL, uh, things like that. So uh, article was written on April 5th, 2022 by Sarah uh, Bertrachowicz. Uh, you have to forgive me on that one, Sarah. B-U-T-R-Y-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Shame on me for not uh, trying to figure that out earlier. And Meredith uh, Kalander, K-O-L-O-D-N-E-R. So I apologize for uh, mutilating the names. Uh, but anyway... So they had written this article uh, talking about um, drivers. It says, each year thousands of people sign up for training with some of the biggest freight haulers. Nine in ten drivers leave their jobs within a year at a large carrier. And that was from Sean Rayford for the New York Times. And it says, freight haulers draw rookie drivers by promising to get them licensed. The obligation that follows, one lawyer says, amounts to indentured servitude. Uh, in, in some cases, in probably many cases, that is true. Unfortunately, that is true. And there does need to be something done about that. But it's become that, well, we don't want to talk about it because we don't want to offend other companies or it might affect my pay, you know, or my, you know, my, my business because, you know, we do marketing or advertising or whatever for them. And so, you know, we don't want to rock the boat with the big boys or whoever. And to me, if you are truly into this industry, you truly love this industry, you truly are passionate about this industry, then you would look at opportunities to make improvements and make changes. And this is definitely an area that can use some improvement. And based on my experience and and speaking with hundreds of, or thousands actually, thousands of drivers that um, on on a yearly basis and probably hundreds of them that have gone through this, uh, and had more than likely had a bad experience. I, I can think I can speak from the position of, of knowing a little bit about what I'm talking about. Now, granted, there are drivers who sign these contracts, sign up for six months or a year or whatever that is, and they drive for that company, they fulfill their contract, and they move on. But many times that, uh, for whatever reason, they break that contract and it becomes an issue. And what they're, what they're finding is, is that if they break that contract, then they're, they have signed a non-compete 
And therefore, when they try to go get jobs somewhere else, they, you know, put roadblocks in that individual's uh, endeavor to move on to somewhere else. And in many cases, and I had received these faxes and emails, uh, letters of threatening to sue the company if you hire this individual. And those got the old uh, file X, if you know what I mean. You know, hit the old delete button or, or throw it away. But there's no doubt. Okay, and there's two sides of this for sure. Okay, maybe three or four even. But A, if you sign a contract, yes, you should fulfill that contract and that agreement. But on the other hand of it, so should the company then. They should stand up and they should fulfill their uh, obligations in that agreement. Many times those agreements are, are basically one-sided. And it's slanted toward the carrier and not the driver. And what they've done is they've looked at this as an opportunity to take advantage of people in bad situations. Because honestly, if, if, you, if you see that and you read the fine print on those... You, you are better off not signing that agreement. But these people are desperate. They get that carrot dangled in front of them that they're going to make 100000 a year and they're going to be home all the time and they're going to love this trucking job and we're going to treat you so great. But in, in reality, they're taking advantage of them and they don't treat them well in many cases. They don't take care of them. They don't fulfill what they promised them. And therefore, what's the driver supposed to do? Now there are cases again like I said that the the you know if the driver made a mistake and and is not cut out for that position or that that um lifestyle well then yeah pay pay your debts in that case but if the what what's the driver to do if a company doesn't fulfill their end of it you know stay in there and get and you know treat get continue to be treated bad it doesn't make sense and like I said, you're preying on people that are in um, bad situations because many times these people can't get the credit to get a loan. Or they're charged such an exorbitant amount of interest, it just doesn't make sense and the payment plan is ridiculous. And I mentioned this in a previous episode that when I first started in the industry, you know, some of these places, uh, these schools... Would, would subsidize these loans or help um, not subsidize them, but help secure the loans through a, a bank or, or some kind of a, a credit uh, facility. And, you know, many times these loans would have, you know, 15, 20, I've even seen close to 30% interest on them. And so, you know, that's, that's just ridiculous, you know, on a three to five, three to actually six or $7,000 loan, depending upon the school. So when you look at the uh, idea of trying to pay that back right away, that's, that's difficult to do for many, especially if you've been out of a, a job for a while or if you're trying to transition into a new job. And granted, they do have tuition reimbursement. Uh, majority of the carriers, if not all of them, that hire students will have some kind of a tuition reimbursement. The problem is that's usually about 100 or 150 or, or less per month on that reimbursement plan, so it takes you forever to get back that full amount that, that you're having to pay. And so, again, being uh, desperate, looking for some opportunities, 
you know, they're going to go after these, you know, hey, we'll pay for your training. You sign a contract with us. And again, there's some ill will on some of these drivers' parts that they have no intention of paying that back. And they're going to try to move on. I get that. But on the other part of it, there are some that uh, plan on intentions with good intentions to pay that off and pay that back by working there and finding out that, you know, it's not what it's cracked up to be. And they should do that. And shame on... Shame on these companies, though, that are that are extending this credit to these people that are that don't have credit or good credit at all. Because you're right right now, you're you know this person's a risk. So again, you're going to prey upon somebody who and uh, put somebody in a position that's already got credit issues and trying to put them deeper in debt by promising them that they're going to make all this money in a trucking position. And again, why the industry, why people, why the, some of these quote-unquote influencers within the industry aren't speaking out against this is beyond me because, you know, they want to sit there and complain of driver shortages uh, and such. But yet, when a company has 70, 80, 90, 100% turnover, well, that tells you everything you should know right there. And I don't think that you'd want to sign a contract with somebody who has that kind of turnover. So you need to do your research. And most carriers probably wouldn't tell you the truth if you come out and ask them. They're going to underestimate it. But there's ways of finding some of that information out. So these guys that are having this high turnover already should already know that if you're going to bring somebody in under the circumstances, you need to make some improvements if you want those people to stay. Instead of looking at this person as a way to make some money, an easy way to make some money and taking a, a quote-unquote calculated risk, why don't you protect that or treat it like it's an investment and protect it? Treat it like what it is, that this is an investment in the company's future and this person's future, and you're trying to help them out and help them have an opportunity to do something that's uh, providing a living for them and their family that they haven't had before. And everybody sits there and scratches their heads and uh, sits around in these conferences and these meetings and uh, pontificating on how to attract new people to this industry, you know, uh, trying to look at everything through rose-colored glasses and not realizing some of these things that are potential hazards and that are putting a bad taste in people's mouth. And as these articles and these things are being revealed, there's more of this uh, dark side, I guess, of the industry. And there's many other things that you can point fingers at. Many that need to be improved. And it's not perfect, and nobody, I don't think, is, has that expectation of the industry to be perfect. But everybody talks about their country company as being so great. But yet there's a lot of this stuff that goes on like that, that behind the scenes that if it's ignored or you try to cover dirt up on it, it's going to make things okay. And it's not. And people are finding out the truth. And, you know, last couple of uh, 
years, things have been going pretty good after, you know, the, di- the, the pandemic died down and, and there was a backlog and a lot of stuff being moved. And so still scrambling to try to hire people, trying to scramble to get them into your programs. And yet this is, you know, this has been a practice that's been going on for at least 10 years. And some people say as many as 20. But like I said, you know, previously, if, yeah, if you sign a loan agreement to, to go to school, if you sign a contract or whatever, then yeah, you should pay that back. And if you decide that it's not that for you, unfortunately, you sign that agreement and you need to uphold that. But again, this isn't just a, um, a free pass at treating somebody horrible because you got them under a, a multi-month contract. And just take advantage of them just because you quote unquote can because, oh, we got them under contract. Well, no. You don't treat that person bad. And ideally, you should be treating everybody within the organization very well. And they should want to stay there. You know, there's so much going on. There's so much new technology and things that that the majority of the industry embraces uh, why can't they embrace the idea of, of emotional in, intelligence and um, predictive index and evaluating these people um, beyond just what their application is or beyond, you know, an interview, but to sit down across the table from somebody and really talk to them, really get to know who they are, really make sure they exp- uh, understand what they're getting themselves into and looking at other ways to evaluate them if they're going to be a good fit for your organization before you go out and sign them to this huge agreement. Because, yeah, you're trying to prevent, protect your um, investment in the idea of that, you know, you don't want a lot of people walking away from your contracts. But you have to look internally first and say, well, why would people want to walk away? Why wouldn't they want to stay? You know, why are we forced to have to uh, try to... Um, strong arm these people and try to, you know, ruin their opportunity to work somewhere else. Why not work with them a little bit to try to get that money back if you can? But it's easy just to go this route and say, well, you're not going to work anywhere else. Well, they can go work somewhere and still owe you the money. They can go outside the industry and still owe you the money. So what good is it to do? at that point. And people don't look at it that way. I think you pretty much, unfortunately, have to, you know, um, just work on the assumption that you're going to have some of that. That people are going to take advantage of it. So you decide, is it worth it? Is it worth our time and effort and money to invest in this, uh, hiring people this way, or do we have other opportunities to, to find them that are better, that are less costly? You know, look at, you know, other ways. But if you're going to heavily rely upon student hires or you're going to run your own program, your own school, there has to be some of that. I guess you're going to have to be able to write off. But I think that the industry needs to stop ignoring this 
to stop using this as a, like I said, a free pass to treat people bad, to look at ways to improve those relationships and their um, way that people outside the industry view them and view the industry because they're going to be the ones that's going to help you either by coming in the industry themselves or recommending that to somebody else in their their group, their fruit, their friends or their family. And by alienating them or others that come through your program and have washed out doesn't make any sense. Doesn't help us as a whole. And I, I've never really been a fan of the contract training. Never. Because of that. Because of what you have to output. You know, and if, and if you know, 9 out of 10 wash out, it's not good. It's not good. And that means they're going to go to work for somebody else or they may even just get out of the industry altogether. So it needs to be a, more of a concerted effort to make sure that people are properly trained, to people are, as much as possible, know what they're getting themselves into, that their family is supportive of this, and that you do everything you can to keep them on board once you do hire them and retain them. Because that's a win-win for everybody in your organization. The longer that somebody stays on, obviously, the better that it is. And it doesn't pay. It doesn't help. No matter if you pay to... to Uh, have them get their CDL or not. You still have money invested in orientation and onboarding, advertising, marketing, the whole thing. That all counts. And the industry needs to just stop ignoring it. They need to look at ways to make some improvements, start embracing that, and move forward. Because it's continued to be an issue, and it's not going to get any better. And there's going to be that need constantly to add new drivers into the industry. So that's all I've got to say for now. I'm sure there'll be some other opportunities down the road maybe to touch on the subject. And maybe give you an update here uh, if anything new comes out of any comments or, or new posts or anything. But stay well, stay healthy. Stay safe, and until next time.